summer, when you think vacation, think Hello Hour. See the real America. Hey, underpants. Hey. It's educational. Great. And most of all, it's fun. You asked it around your truck, it's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Al? So every week, it's getting on noon, I'm like, let's go. What's the holdup? Let's go. It's time to go. Let's go. Let's get it going. What's the holdup? It's time to light the candle. And last week, I'm off, and you guys start on time. What What happened? Well, I, I think you're the problem, then. It's not the only thing that's different this week, eh, Mark? There's a little more tension in here. <laughs> not quite as convivial. What's what's going on this week that's different from last week? I can't put my finger on it. So this week, White Sean tense. Sean strolls in at twelve oh five. He's just like, I reckon I'm not the host. So uh, yeah, a little traffic. Whatever. whatever. I knew you weren't going to start till. Yeah, because uh, there's never traffic. I'm glad that um, now, you know, that's not a problem. So, so what time are you here? Twelve oh four. Me, I was here at eleven thirty. He was. I'll give you that. That's shocking. I mean, that happens all the time, but you wouldn't know that when you get here at 12.04. But anyways, we, we have a great guest here. Uh, it's great to have one Sean we can count on. So we have Sean Mann, the CEO of DCFC, that's Detroit City Football Club, who are playing this weekend for a championship. But if you hear this broadcast after this weekend, don't worry about it because they'll be playing for another championship a week after that. Wait, seriously? Something like that. How does that so, work? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of championships. It's um, but th- this one's a good one. This is for the the national championship for the national, and you're gonna have to help me with the rest of it, Sean. Uh, national Independent Soccer Association. So that's the uh, third division of American professional soccer. They call it. It's the Nissel with a missile. I think is their marketing. No. Or. I joked that the I stands for interesting uh, as much as independent, but yeah, it's All right. quirky. Well, good. Yeah. Well, then they can give me a call if they want to brand that. I could use uh, I could use some extra money, and I could also use some help uh, drying out my basement since I was one of many thousands of Detroiters and, of course, people throughout the metro area that were once again betrayed by our insufficient infrastructure. And by yet another one of these 500-year storms, we've now had two of them in the last 700 years. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, I guess does that mean we won't have another one for the next 1,000 years? No, it'll probably come sooner. I was a little pissed off, too, seeing uh, all the politicians out there talking about it, acting like they were surprised at how bad the infrastructure was and that it flooded. It's like it it always floods in Dearborn. It always floods in Detroit. Why was everyone so surprised that the pumps failed? 94 is still closed. Is it where? Uh, I don't know. West? I heard it on uh, WWJ on the way in, in for- Southwest down by Livernois. Yeah, that, maybe Sean got stuck in that. Is that what happened, Sean? Do you not know geography? Do you, do you, did you not get stuck in Washington County to Oakland County? Do you take ninety four? Uh, I take ninety four to go to Ann Arbor. 
that's all I know. We, yeah, from where you live, which I'm not going to say because is, you're running a campaign. But which is in Detroit, by the way. Uh, you, you would know that if you ever got there. Well, no, I've been to your place. Hot dogs I've been at to the your, ballpark. I've been to your place to play. I'm, uh, I'm fixing to get some mustard on this one. Oh, Tigers lost again. Drink your hipster beers and so forth. I mean, I've, I've been there. How do you get to Ann Arbor? How do I get to Ann Arbor? From here. Practice. From here. Practice at sucking. What roads do you take? I take 94. Really. So you want to go south? I don't go to Ann Arbor. From Ann Arbor, you want to go southeast. Is that what you want to do? You know, Sean, I've been through a horrible trauma this week, and I don't. I mean, you've only lived here for how long? Thirty years. How bad were you flooded? Um, not as bad as Ann Arbor, which I would get to through. um, You live below sea level. What's that, Kevin Costner? You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, okay, water. We try. I actually tried to do Waterworld for the intro this week, but the the trailers were just as bad yeah. as the movie, so there was no point in it. But no, I I uh, I tried to get out of town um, for a few days, which basically just means working from a different location. And of course, I had to come back to take care of some campaign stuff, and then I went back up. And then Saturday, no, actually, I think it was about one thirty in the morning Saturday as we were getting ready to come back to do some canvassing and some more campaigning, I got a call from John Rutherford at the Cadu Cafe saying, hey, uh, do you know anything about this flooding? And I said, what do you mean? He said, Our base, we got a foot and a half of water in the basement. And I thought, well, that's on the east side. I wonder what's going on here. So we made a couple calls and found out that our basement was flooding, as was everybody's basement. In the end, we got two to three feet of water, which uh, was a real drag because um, – one of the nice things about being housebound for the past year is you organize everything you have. You put it in bankers' boxes. You build shelves. You put it on the shelves. Bankers' boxes. The you shelves can't put are it in, in basement. Tupperware containers. So when well, it floods, let me tell you about some of those those sealed those cost containers. Money. No, no, I have those. <laughs> Fair enough. The Fair difference enough. between the bankers' box. I mean, even at Meyer, that'd be that'd be big spend. Four bucks. Yeah. Exactly. The, uh, that'd be too much. Well, this is Adult Swim here. Hold on a Who's uh, the, the adult? The, the difference between the banker's box and these Rubbermaid things with the sealed top is that uh, when the water gets in the, the, the Rubbermaid things with the sealed top, then your documents and your precious items just float until you can uh, no, well, dump I, them out. When we had the Great Flood, August 11, 2014, hashtag never forget, um, when we had that, a lot of my stuff was protected because it was in those things because I didn't have them in banker's boxes. My safe, everything in my safe was ruined. I'm just saying. I like that you have a safe. I have very many important documents. <laughs> what's in there? Like a Winchester? Probably no, no. I don't. You know what? I don't even know what's in there to tell you the truth. Really? Important documents that I don't ever need, I okay. guess, or that are now drying out somewhere. So when you got when you got home from wherever you were, uh, I mean, were you the first to find it, or did Teresa or the girl who found it first? The mess. No, no we we had somebody who was watching the house and taking care of the animals, and they counted heads, and the animals were all alive, so that was good. Except for the hated piss cat, which we wouldn't have minded losing, but she survived because uh, well, that's nice. She's going to be the last creature alive in the house because that's the way it works. And uh, and we you know just uh, just said, hey, there's water in the basement. And we said, don't go down there because we didn't want to get any, anybody to get fried. And then, of course, you know, we're thinking about what can we do to help people in the district get through this crisis. So we immediately started looking for uh, some uh, some best practices to share with people, telling them, you know, don't go into standing water because it could be electrified. Don't just throw and everything out on the curb. I know. Well, this just is gross. I think this is what they would call 
gray water. It wasn't sewage, so but it was rainwater overflow. It's still gross. Uh, it's nothing you'd want to spend any time in, believe me. But but we uh, so we put up some things telling people don't just take your stuff to the curb. Make sure you document it, record it. We help people figure out where to file their claim, who to let know that they had this problem, and then we immediately start working on a solution because there were lots of people who were talking about how you can deal with the crisis, and we offered some some uh, I, I think some valuable information and resources on that too. But then we started thinking this keeps happening. What can we do about exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, and, and so I started calling some city officials and some people with the water. Uh, were they were they surprised that uh, everything flooded? Well, I, let's just say, uh, actually, I think one of the funniest things when Gary Brown, who's the head of the uh, water department in Detroit, had his press conference, there was a he was saying, you know, we 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 anticipated an inch and a half, which we could have handled, but then this was six or seven inches, which oh, the on. system wasn't built to handle. And when they did the Q&A, there was a reporter from Channel 4 who said, uh, I think it was Channel 4, who said, well, you know, uh, how did you not know there was going to be more than an inch and a half? And Gary Brown said, well, I was watching the weather report on Channel 4, and they said it would be an inch and a half. And I thought, well, that's that's a pretty good crack back. So when we get more than that, then it's just uh, things are going to flood. That's that's how we're going to solve this issue. Well, that's so that's when I started talking to officials and they said, well, it's a once in 500 year flood. I said, well, no, it's twice in yeah. 500 years and twice in counting. And, and even if it's not that we have this, this, uh, you know, Jamestown flood or Johnstown or whatever it was, you know, I, I know a guy whose basement is flooded five times. This yeah. was the fifth time. Oh yeah. And he found his, his washing machine floating in the basement. And so this notion of, uh, you know, shit happens, we'll get through it together and they'll all be okay. It's like, no, 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 that's not acceptable. This has happened too many times to too many people. We're not blaming government for the weather, but we are saying that if we acknowledge that one of the tributary causes is global warming, I don't think we're going to get that Thank straightened you. out in the next year or two. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because Whitmer, when I saw her little press conference, started talking about infrastructure because of you know the bill that's going on right now and global warming. And I'm sitting there going, nobody cares about that right now if your basement's flooded. What are you going to do for the people whose basements are flooded that lost a lot of stuff? Right. and, like, and, like, and That's fine. You can talk about that stuff later and down the road, but right now, nobody cares about that. They care about their home. Well, one of the things that with public utilities in particular, the, the current administration is always screwed by the previous administration because everybody kicks the ball down the road. And I remember Dennis Archer when he was leaving office in 2001 and we were doing sort of a, you know, wrapping up the career type interviews. And somebody asked him or Archer volunteered, you know, what's the biggest issue facing the region uh, in the future? And he said, you know, I know it's not very sexy, but uh, we need to spend billions of dollars on our water and sewerage system. And he was like, yeah, okay, that's great. And he said, but I don't think anybody really wants to, wants to spend the money. And he was absolutely right, and we're seeing that right now. Now, having said that, this system, you know, that much water, it's going to be tough for anything to process it. But so in talking to people, we think, I think, and, and my campaign is, is, is suggesting this, that uh, that the city and the Great Lakes Water Authority, which owns all the facilities now after we went through all this bankruptcy and all this reorganization, needs to help homeowners put in backflow preventers so that when the water is surging through the lines, it doesn't come into our houses, and, and sump pumps. And if you can't afford a sump pump, 
we think that uh, the system should help support you in the same way that DTE, my power goes out half a dozen times a year, and DTE says you need to buy a generator. I'm like, why do I have to buy a generator? Because your system sucks. That should be something you tell me you have a monopoly, that I should be able to have the power on all the time. Well, that's something you wanted with your monopoly, so why do I have to now back up your system? That's your responsibility to keep my power on. It's my responsibility to pay the bills. I meet my responsibility. You don't meet yours. They're not a sponsor of the soccer team, are they, Sean? Uh, DTE? Yeah. Yeah, no, they're a great partner of ours. Oh, they are? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we really appreciate the <laughs> fine... making it awkward. We really appreciate the fine work you're doing keeping the lights on at Keyworth Stadium. The rest <laughs> of the city, you can kiss our ass, DTE. But, but so, you know, we have federal... Uh, rescue money, the American Rescue Plan money coming to Detroit. The mayor's been talking about how should we spend it. He has been talking about infrastructure. And I think when people say, we can't afford to put these things into people's homes to keep their basements from flooding, I think we are going to pay for it because when those claims come in, it is the taxpayers who pay the payouts to taxpayers whose basements have flooded. So you're going to pay it one way or the other. So why don't we spend the money and save people all the trauma? And people like me who, uh, believe it or not, start getting choked up when they're going through wads of their children's keepsakes, when they're trying to pull apart pictures from family functions and the emulsion is coming off and you sort of remember what happened there, but you know that you're not going to be able to call back on those memories because all this stuff has been destroyed. So I, I, I'll tell you what, we're getting $426 million. It's time to spend some of that money so that people around here don't have to go through what we're all going through. Because if you saw the curbs on the east side of Detroit, and I suspect in other parts of the metro area, it looks like everybody's been evicted. It's just all the furniture. It's everything that you would have in a house, now outside the house, soaking, stinking, and waiting to be picked up. So Nightmare. uh, So, yeah, so that's kind of what we've been doing since uh, getting that that, uh, wake-up call from John Rutherford. So thanks, John. But... um, yeah, that was a drag. It's uh, I I uh, it's the first time we've had a flood like that, even though we've had other floods. So anybody who's going through that, you uh, you know, man, God bless you because this this sucks. And Mark, you said you had something like this happen. Oh, the the big big flood, ago. yeah, August eleventh, twenty fourteen, and you know it was the same thing. It was a disaster, but at least then it was declared a. Uh, um, National emergency, so FEMA came in, yeah, and, and gave money, and that, that, which that was fun dealing with FEMA and dealing with insurance. But uh, how long no, did so. it take to, for you to get that money, and did they reimburse you what you thought was a fair amount? Because I keep hearing they won't do replacement costs; they'll do depreciated value. Which, uh, if I got an old couch, that's on me. But if sure if you ruin my old couch, I need a new couch. Sure, um, sixteen thousand is what it cost to redo everything, and I think FEMA gave me two thousand. What? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have you know, I didn't have. Did the, you have flood insurance? No, mm-hmm. I didn't. I do now. Do you? Mike? I never thought about it, but yeah, that's I don't the think thing. so. I mean, I live, <coughs> I live uh, a long way from the water, which is in Gross Point, but there's also a lot of water because I saw in Detroit. So I, I live so far away. If if I have flood insurance, it's only because it's part of my policy. The last thing I'm thinking is I need flood insurance. Well, not only flood insurance, but my other regret is ever finishing the basement. It's like, why bother finishing a basement in this area? It's going to flood. It's going to flood. Just make it gross and store things down there in anything other than banker boxes. I live in a basement. I mean, my kitchen's in a basement. Of course you do. Uh, you know. What does that mean? You mean you literally, it's literally in a basement. Why is your kitchen in your basement? It's just how the house is spiders? built. Yeah, it's a bunker. What's that? Is that why you eat spiders? 
I saute them. Basement. Oh, you saute. Okay. Wait, is there an a- so it's a legitimate basement? There's no door. There's no exit outside. Yeah, but you have to go upstairs. That's that's weird, isn't it? Was it always that way? Yeah, yeah. That's how the house was built. I've never heard of that. I'm fascinated by that. So is this a split level thing where when we go in that's your backyard, yeah. you can walk in, but if we go in your no. front door, it's up above. The front door is up above, but not to the kitchen. The front door is to the bedrooms, right? And the bathroom. Downstairs, it's a kitchen and the living room. <laughs> so we have no choice. So if we flood, You're our fucked. neighbors have actually flooded. But No, but I saw posts uh, all over the weekend from some that, that had insurance and, and some that didn't. You know, uh, Kathy Kilashevsky, our, our photo editor at the Detroit Free Press, did you see the photo she posted? No. Uh-uh. She, her car was in the middle of the street. Now, she does live in Gross Point. It's not far from Detroit. She's a couple of streets into, in from Detroit, right, I think. But it was uh, her car was floating away. They were out four in the morning trying to oh my God. haul it back in. So obviously it's not just sump pumps and backflow that you have to worry about, right? It's storm drains. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's the infrastructure you're talking about. Well, sump pumps aren't part of the infrastructure. That, that, that's the other prop. Well, the, the idea is when the infrastructure. I was just waiting for the counselor to say something about actual infrastructure well, you you Instead looked at of, me with longing so i assume no longing. no no i was waiting for you to stop the campaign ad and talk about infrastructure but go ahead but remember those highway pumps failed in 2014 and then they said they fixed them and what do you know they didn't work again and that's why the highways were flooded seriously I mean, that's a big that's a big mess man the, the the storm drains are the issue right though when you see the lakes in the streets I'm an idiot. I don't know what's the issue. It's capacity of the pumps and the uh, the uh, combined sewer overflow. The the way it works is if if first of all you don't want to leave your leaves and whatnot on the sewer grates, you want to clear those. That stops the street flooding. But then the other problem is once it goes into the system, and that's when it backs up. Right. Once it goes into the system, then if the pump house can't pump it into the overflow, and if it pumps it into the overflow and the overflow is at capacity, the analogy that all the officials keep using is if you overfill your bathtub, the water's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And basically what it does, is it goes, instead of pouring over the sides of the bathtub, as it would in their analogy, it goes backwards in the system, which means it goes up into your house, which is what happened. So, uh, so I mean... I'm going to guess that it doesn't get fixed, and next time there's a big rainfall, people are going to flood again in this area. It, serious question, though. Is it worth fixing, Mike? I mean, is it... We're spending the money for how infrequent is that? Is that Absolutely, the point? Absolutely, because yeah. it turns out it's not. Well, I mean, that I think it is. I'm just asking. Yeah, no, no, but but uh, um, well, at the risk of being accused of doing a campaign commercial. But I mean, the, the thing <laughs> with the the thing with the uh, the infrastructure, you know, it's legitimate that that leaders leave infrastructure major bills for the next leader to deal with. So you're always you're always inheriting something that should have been done by somebody else. But the problem is, even if the mayor, the governor, the water department decide we are going to go balls out and fix this thing. It's going to take years because you have to do studies. You have to do engineering. You have to do bids. You have to do construction. You probably have to do land acquisition. It's going to take five or ten years to, if they, even if they see fit to expand the system's capacity. So in the meantime, there are some short-term things we, which we can do, which is give me a sub-pump. If water starts coming into my basement, let me pump it back out on the street. Well, five to and ten years. And I think years. it sucks that cars are floating around on East Outer Drive, but at the same time, you know, none of my kids' pictures or, uh, or kindergarten projects are in that damn car. No, but my point is if cars are floating out, where's that water going to go? What's a sump pump going to do against that kind of lake? Yeah, well, all I'm saying that's is what, that's what I want it out of my house. Now, no, for sure. walls, that's another problem. But for sure, but how can a... How can a little sump pump handle that kind of deluge? 
it's got to be fixed what you're talking about right with the the larger system well in the mean now now my man who had his basement flood five times uh his washing machine didn't float around every time so there may be some less uh torrential rains that can be dealt with this way i mean the the, the bottom line right. is this is the problem with with people is we think there's free shit out there and there's not so you have a choice you can you can stop the water from coming in and spend some money on devices that stop the water from coming in, or you can pay the people when the water came in. You can pay them with FEMA checks. You can pay them when the insurance rates go up because when they flood in Florida, my rates go up in Detroit. You know the insurance companies spread the poison among everybody. We are going to pay for this one way or another. So my idea, my suggestion, is that we pay for it to prevent the damage. And we write the check, and we, we avoid as much of the agony as possible. But, yeah, I mean, if some guy with uh, animals going two by two in his big old boat shows up, it, it, there's no sump pump that's going to keep that lonely unicorn from drowning. No, but th- that, that's a great idea because... I'm masturbating furiously. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, that's, that's better. That's more like the podcast I know and love. But, but in all seriousness... I thought that was a Conan reference, wasn't it? What? No, that's the oh. bear. I thought. Oh, okay. Did yeah, he that's just right. retire. By the way, he did. Yeah, he just well, kind of. So what you're saying is your suggestion for it's it's like in the medical system treating uh, primary care patients in the emergency room, right? Sort of after the fact, as opposed to ahead yes, of time. I'm a wellness it. guy. And but, you yes. are right. It's, it's I want free check preventive and, yes. medicine. So once again, we right. just saw this seven years ago. So yeah. So once in five hundred years, yeah. you know, <laughs> I bullshit. Mean, now, if I did have a car, if I lost a car, where could I go to get a new one? Um, well, I guess it'd probably just float into your front yard. Um, no, but I wouldn't recommend that. I would, and if and you're I te- for a car? I teed that up perfectly for you. I know. I was just, I just, well, I, I, I wanted to tell people that there was one, uh, one neighbor who Drop told me that there were cars in their neighborhood <laughs> Wide open that net. were having accidents <laughs> because uh, cars were floating into them. So there were collisions where oh, cars yeah, were just up it. and floating into each other. But if you're looking to replace one of those cars, or like us, you're looking for a new dependable ride, uh, may I recommend that you go to Rora Brian Ford? Yes. At the corner of, thank you. They're at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac in St. Clair Shores. They've been there for 75 years. They've got amazing new cars, used cars. They can sell you a car. They can lease you a car. They'll pick up your used car, probably give you a fair price for it because those things are going like hotcakes and if you love the new e-mustang or maybe that bronco uh, you got your eye on the, the big bronco i think is coming out soon if it's not out yet that's being built right here in michigan go to royalbryan.com to find out more go to r-o-y-o-b-r-i-e-n.com you can check out fast track which lets you pick out your vehicle and options you can pick out your deal too you want to lease it do you want to finance it or if, if you're the mac daddy you can pay cash You'll also get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and when you've got all that done, then you can schedule delivery of your new ride. So if you don't want to go there in person, go online, royalbryan.com, or give them a call at 888-566-5851. That's 888-566-5851, and tell them ML said to set a nice new dry car aside for you. Beautiful. I want to get in that thing and just drive it right away. Do you mind? (laughs) No, I think that's... Perfectly the point. prudent yeah. course of action. <laughs> so um, we could talk more about flooding, but I'm, I'm having flashbacks, and when we leave, I'll be pulling some more stuff. You know, I have boxes One and of boxes the wettest of we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. And I don't know whether uh, the records that have been destroyed are some of my city hall investigations 
or my uh, M&M investigation. But I do know Those that Those are they're, saved somewhere, aren't they? Uh, I like how it came back to your investigation. So. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't care about the family heirlooms. No, <laughs> no th- those are the ones I'm that uh, those are the ones that I'm most upset about. But we're, we're talking about bankers boxes. Um, the uh, the in fact banker box is available at um, uh, sponsor has yet to be named. That's an opportunity for people to get involved in the show. Um, the uh, the Kwame sutras. I have two thousand Kwame sutras. Oh no, that um, got destroyed. Let's just say the remaining Kwame sutras, the values have increased dramatically. We we found a a way to increase the value by by reducing the inventory. Well, Schaefer told us last week he's got about 6,000, so if he needs us. Well, thanks for immediately depressing the price. (laughs) Thank you. Wow, I thought we were working together here. But but, uh, no. Let let me turn to another Sean, one I can always depend on. Save us, Sean, as opposed uh, to me. For for good news. No, Sean, I, I do appreciate you filling in last week, although... Oh, yeah. oh, at least you didn't say but, although it was a little kinder. Although uh, I do recall... Uh, Doesn't end with a hard consonant. Offering a 12-point plan, and uh, it looks like uh, we missed out on number seven, push merchandise. Number eight, review, and if wait, necessary... Wait, pushed, pushed, Mark pushed merchandise. Come on. Mark pushed merchandise. Yeah, so what sorry, else you were, five minutes long. What else you're wrong about? Sorry. Keep going. Sorry, you guys were talking we're, so we're, long. We're gonna, we ran an extra mile. We're both going to um, push back on We're going to fact check you here, okay. but go ahead. Uh, review and, if necessary, edit listener feedback voicemail. I did that. Mark did That's that. It. I yeah. reviewed it. I didn't think it was sufficient. He did. He told me that before the show. Because you left a message. You, you, there was no listener feedback. Um, update folks on Geek of the Week-inspired Crossroads fundraiser initiated... So that we would uh, raise money, which I will now then match to help uh, to help uh, Detroit families. We forgot about that. So, no, uh, so no, no. I just didn't. I don't know, just didn't care. We'll, we'll about, have this. We'll have that discussion of why didn't, that didn't, didn't, didn't happen off the air. All right. Just let me just put down. Just remember where I work. Sean S H A W N. Do I need to spell it out? Hates families. No, I have a long. Oh, I have a long relationship families. with the free press. I'm glad you brought that. I'm sorry for making Sean hates families. Sean and, Man and waiting hates longer. families. And, and number I, that's S H A W N hates family. Sean Man S E A N loves families, and they are welcome at Keyworth Stadium. I do. Although can if you I have go little kids, to, you might want to sit on the other side. Can I go back to something you just made reference to? And I don't think a lot of people caught it. I don't understand why the free number press... number ten invite folks to my fundraiser. Okay, there you go. I don't understand why the free <laughs> press they had all their endorsements for city council, and yet they would not pick one in your district, which made me think. Oh, that means they would have selected you, right? Because they, but they don't want to look like they're playing sides. If they, if they wanted Virgil Smith, they would have easily mentioned that, wouldn't they? Don't you think? No. Anybody want to stand up for the free press? Because I think it's ridiculous that they didn't even make a choice in that district. Um, I'll stop no, you. Is that a no comment? I'll stop you when you're wrong. No, they, okay. they. This was a non-endorsement endorsement. I thought that was ridiculous. They sent questionnaires to everybody. They evaluated the answers, they determined who was the best candidate, and they determined that if they picked the best candidate and endorsed the best candidate, they'd be criticized. And they decided not to help voters. Uh, they decided to avoid criticism. And but certainly you, I have a long-standing relationship with the free press. Everybody knows that. Okay, but you All you have to do is disclose that and let it, people yeah. decide for their own whether that may have colored their view. But uh, instead, they, they put us all through a process that in the end uh, was, um, you know, a waste of time. What a bunch of horse shit. Well, they, they did provide our answers in a voter's guide, so it wasn't a complete waste Gone. of time. But in terms of endorsement, they should have just said, 
if there's anybody better than Elric, we'll endorse him. Otherwise, we're going to punt. And I think a lot of us would have said, well, then we'll just. No, there's nobody we'll better than you. On. I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm just, I'm just going by what I, the free press didn't say. I'm I'll just, go ahead and they say should it. have just disclosed that you've worked there on like three different tours. And I'm going to start wearing it's my five. Elric shirt. Five. Was it really five? I think so. I think my son has one. I'll just use his. What? I was a, I was a clerk. Got an Elric. Uh, Elric. I was a clerk. Sure. I was an intern. I was a city hall reporter. Then I was an investigative reporter. Then I came back to do the podcast, which turns out to be a city hall reporter. Yeah, so that's five times I've been there. Mm. Okay. Sorry. Thanks for waiting, Sean, man. Yeah, anytime. So anyway, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I thanks. I have that little rant there. He just needed to do admonish me for, I'm not sure what, but. You know, um, so as, as I was saying, uh, number 10 is invite people to the, the June 30th fundraiser at the Traffic Jam featuring Shasta Fox. So you're going to want to find out more about that. And, uh, and Your talk. guest has been waiting here patiently. Oh, sorry, sorry. Actually, they've won another championship since Sean got it. So, <laughs> so uh, okay, the, the patient. And listen, if you like soccer, you're patient, right? you got to wait for that one goal. There's the 90 minutes, and there may be another five or six minutes after that. I mean, this is a game Way to talk for it people up. with patience. What are you patience. talking about? No, you, it's a beautiful game with a lot of stuff going on. You don't need a goal all the time. You love hockey. No, but it's, it's the it's, same principle, similar geometry. Uh, the Lightning beat the, the Habs 5-1. There were a few goals there. But no, soccer is a patient game. You make some space. You make the right pass. You have a try. This is not a game for people who like pinball. These are not, this is not a game for people who like football when you can score and then score two and then three and then seven and six. and That sucks. I don't know. You, take, you, 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 you have a play really for deflated. 10 seconds and you sit in a huddle for two minutes? Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying. And you're saying soccer's slow? Yeah, it's about No, no, I'm saying soccer is for patient people. It is. Football is for people who need something to to happen. A fluidity to it, you know, like your your monologue earlier. Lay the hammer down. No, I mean, it's it's constant action. Uh, At any moment, you know, the game turns and it's all about that built up anticipation. And, you know, when that goal does happen, the release, you know, the excitement. Um, yeah. But that's I mean, the patience. You have to watch the game. You have to see things happening. And, and, and you right. can see it's a massive, massive field. And if you can see people moving, you can kind of, it's almost like seeing storm clouds gathering. When that guy breaks through and is he on sides, is he off sides, does he see him, is he going to make the cross? I mean, it's, you know, I nice mean, you guys, you guys do sell... As the only one here who plays soccer, other than watches it on TV, I'm going to speak with a small amount of authority. About you still play? Uh, not because of the campaign. <laughs> I haven't been able to make games. What campaign? Uh, Sean Mann is here from Detroit City Football Club. Sean, tell us what's going on at Keyworth. Um, well, I mean, we're back at it. Sean's, uh, Sean oh Windsor God, said it's talk. very boring. Let him talk. <laughs> Yeah, we're back at it. Uh, you know, we've emerged from COVID, and uh, you know, we're finally starting to have fans back in the stands after you know, uh, you know, this long kind of dark period. And uh, we're getting back to who we are. You know, it's uh, you know, a full stadium and the amped up crowd, and you know, the excitement we're talking about here. And so, it actually, culminates uh, this Saturday night. Uh, we're hosting the NISA National Championships, so third division of American soccer, and. Uh, we ho- we won the fall season, which was a closed bubble tournament um, with no fans. We won that. It was kind of hollow without the fans in the stands. We actually had a spring bubble tournament. We won that as well. And then last Saturday, we finished a regular spring season, and we won that as well. And yet, the league is subjecting us to a 
playoff, uh, even though we've won everything for the past year. Um, so, you know, it's a bit screwy, but this is for the grand 2020-2021 championship of uh, third division American soccer. So last time you were here, you were talking about, you know, it was becoming a professional team. Yep. And so it seems like it's been a wild success, but there was some fear, I would assume, during COVID that how do you survive? Yeah, I mean, we went pro uh, February. Um, our first pro game was in L.A., February 29th, and uh, I was on the trip. And 2020. Yeah, 2020, yeah. Okay. yeah and, uh, you know, people were wearing... Nice timing. Yeah, people were wearing the, you know, uh, the 95 masks and everything on the plane, and I was like, that seems a bit much, you know? And, and within, you know, we win that match, and within 10 days, everything, you know, shuts down on us. And so... It was the worst possible timing for us to make that transition to going pro. Now we got all these guys on the payroll and uh, had to figure it out. And so, yeah, 2020 was brutal uh, for anybody in the business of gathering large groups of people together. Sure, inter- entertainment, basis. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for us, like, you know, we, we, we've built out the TV side of things. Uh, this year, all our games are statewide um, on channels across the state. But, um, you know, it's not our sole revenue source. It's still butts in the seats. So... Um, you know, we were down at various points, so probably the last payroll. Um, but I think we were really, ar- wow. yeah, I think we were arrogant enough to know that we'd always figure out some solution along the way. And so, you know, we ended up we got some capital um, from friends of the club, and then uh, we ended up selling off ten percent of the equity in the Michigan LLC that is DCFC Holdings to our supporters. And oh wow, so we actually reached the federal cap on that campaign within four days. So we raised 1.5 million in four days. Uh, Iggy pop signed on for the commercials that we did for that. And, uh, and actually it was funny. Like we hit our federal cap for any advertisements went live. It was just, how'd you get Iggy? Uh, friend of a friend. Really? Yeah. Has he been out for a game? No, I mean, he's down in Miami yeah. and Europe. So, um, we're regularly touch. Actually, if you follow social media, he regularly wears DCFC gear. Um, oh, wow. And it's stuff. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, that gave us the capital to get through COVID and then set us up for, you know, growth once we, you know, get back to it. So, okay, here we are. now that you've won everything this year, is there promotion? There's not. I mean, There's not promotion? Yeah. I mean, I that's, mean, that's one of the best things about soccer in the whole world is relegation and promotion. Yeah. US that's soccer, where you move up and down in, on the level of leagues for those that don't know. Yeah. U.S. soccer is a hot mess. And, uh, you and, know, we're yeah. kind of the poster child for outside the MLS system. Um you know, no one's really done what we've done from like starting at cast tech to like building sure. up like naturally, um, without that millionaire kind of billionaire infusion. So we've been regularly dra- dragged into like the legal fights, um, that people have had oh, against us. Right. Oh, yeah. So I've been deposed, um, a few times now, um, and it's, you know, exhausting and I hope not to do it again, but, um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, we are kind of outside of that MLS ecosystem. Um, well, what's the league between? What's the second tier? So is there's the a US? rival. Yeah, yeah, so this is where it's a hot mess. So uh, <laughs> there's a USL. Uh, the USL is the second division, uh, and they have their own third division. They launched the same time as ours did. USL used to be partnered with MLS, and the two have had a divorce uh, just in the last few months, and so now they're warring. And then, like, we're kind of on the fringe. And so... Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think in the end, not to be a you know pessimist, but like I think the billionaires will rule the day. They always the do. End, right? Yeah. So, uh, but you know, for us, it's you know creating a team that people you know resonates with people, and you know when you step into Keyworth and you're in that match, you know it's it's an experience, and I, I think you know right now 
it's the top water cooler. Not that people go to offices with water coolers, but you know, it's a, it's that top like buzz, you know, when you come out of that match, you know, it's what you're talking about. Right. This might experience. be, this might be a loaded question, but does DCFC, is that keeping MLS out of Detroit? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think we, and we have a line of communication with, um, MLS and Garber's office and there's a odd number of, uh, Detroit expats in huh? various front offices are MLS HQ. So, um, no, we're not keeping them out by any means. And I, and I think we would be fine. I don't mean like actively, but are they like, <laughs> we don't even want to deal. Cause I know there's a lot of the, the supporters, the Northern guard, they're incredibly supportive and yeah. you know, they don't, they don't want the MLS here. Right. I think, well, one with Gilbert Gore's that bid, you know, it, yeah. it, they were, there was nobody in those organizations who woke up first thing in the morning focused on how do I bring in most Detroit. It was always a partial mm-hmm. of their FT for a lot of people there. And so, you know, the fact that they lost steam, I don't think it was really a big surprise to a lot of folks. And I, I, I don't think we keep MLS out by any means. But I think the best chance of success for first division soccer in Detroit is having our rabid fans. I don't, I don't think, you know, the the big four are so generationally legacy ingrained in this region that if you're going to set yourself apart, I don't know how you do it by just cookie cut, you know, replicating what the Tigers or Pistons or sure. everybody does in terms of the match day, you know, the, the game day experience or the marketing or anything like that. So I think our rabid fan base is what soccer culture is about. And that's where MLS has succeeded that you have that. You it's know? very similar. I always thought to college football in a lot of ways. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, ML. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think uh, DCFC scores more than uh, Jim Harbaugh's offense, so I, yeah, that'd, be a, that'd be a difference. Didn't see that um, one coming, did you? So, oh, um, not, not at all. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to drive to Ann Arbor to see those games. But um, <laughs> Boy, that really shook him. <laughs> no, I was just, it was Ann Arbor to here, but that's a good thing because you're Detroit. It's never occurred to me to drive to Ann Arbor through Oakland County. No, no, no. I'm just saying, but it's a good thing. You're a Detroit guy. Why would you know? Right, you, you're not concerning yourself with the Sean. It's over between us. I'm going back to the other Sean. You know what uh, I mean? and, and speaking of new new uh, allegiances, it, with ULS and MLS fighting, is there a chance that you guys could kind of sneak in there and say, uh, "Hey, if you're looking for a feeder league, we got this neat little NISL here." And if you did that, would the Northern Guard have your head on a stick? Yeah, it's actually just in the last week, Major League Soccer announced that they are launching their own third division. So there are now be three, like we're the only country that has replicates the different divisions in the you know pyramid. So MLS is launching their own third division to rival us and USL. Um, and they are going straightly down the path of minor league baseball. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and which is interesting because minor league baseball has obviously been shaken up you know, dramatically in the last year. So I don't know sure how you, why you want to replicate that model. But um, yeah, so um, I, I don't think that works control. for us. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yes, they obviously want to control the sport and that's what it's about. Um, I don't think that works for us just because Detroit is a major league market and us playing the Chicago Fire U18 team on a Tuesday afternoon in a closed door match isn't going to cut <laughs> it, you know, for our fans, right? Like that's not, what they expect. They want to play teams with fans um, and that are trying and are marketing. And, you know, our fans are very active on social media and they want to banter talk with shit. other people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing that with the, the C teams for major league teams, which, you know, there's major league teams. There's ones who are obviously killing it are amazing organizations. And, you know, 
regardless of where, you know, the other four major sports. But then there's other ones that are floundering and they're playing in front of a couple of that. I mean, Chicago Fire played in front of 6,000 people last week at Soldier Field. Like, you know, so there's struggling organizations as well. And so playing their C teams wow. doesn't help yeah. us. I'm curious. So you said the MLS and the model, at least here, would need the Northern Guard. So how how would that work? Because I remember when the, the whole Gores, um, sure, I, I don't even know if it's a formal proposal, but I remember kind of the news of it, and they wanted your brand, right? I mean, they wanted to, or at least some people did. I, I don't know how formal it got, but that was the idea, right? Meld it all together. Is that is that what you mean when you say, how do they do it without the Northern Guard? Yeah, I mean, without, or maybe not the Northern Guard in particular, but like without those rabid people who care about soccer, right? Like to create the atmosphere that sets yourself apart from a Tigers game or, you know, the other sporting experiences in town. Uh, I mean, it was always kind of insinuated that like we would be factored in, uh, but I think it was always more in a kind of kumbaya, we'll bring everyone together type way. So there was never any kind of like, while we had a line of communication with them, there was never like a formal, like, pitch to like you know what that would look like um it was always more like we'll get a team and we'll talk details with you and and i think frankly they made you know decisions along the way that would have made it very hard for us to ever get to that point as an organization so um you know i think i mean we're not pushing for mls ourselves you know like you know we're still everyday guys you know um and so you know that's not our ambition our ambitions keep growing the organization um you know, we've developed a youth system now that has 2,400 kids across country. I, I see the signs everywhere around right. Oakland County, yeah. Yeah, um, so we're just incrementally growing this um, as an organization. You know, I think, you know, um, MLS leadership called me, uh, set up a call with me right after the whole MLS Detroit announcement happened. And, you know, the commissioner asked straight up, like, why do your fans hate MLS Detroit? <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, why they hate MLS. And I was like, I don't think our fans hate MLS across the whole spectrum more than any other American fans hate MLS. I think what we've built is something that they have a sense of ownership in. Yeah, right. You know, and so they don't want to see that taken away. Um, and so that's what has to be, you know, that's what sets it apart. Like, you know, our fans, like, actually put together care packages and, like, once a week go to the player housing and, like, make dinner for them, you know? Like, there's an intimacy there. Uh, and, and fans can look that, like, every step of the way, our growth, they've been active in it, not just, you know, passive bystanders. Is there a, not maybe, maybe word is the wrong word, but do you get to a point where you, the more success you have and the more you grow, that uh, it gets harder and harder to hold off? Uh, you, you mentioned the billionaires earlier. When I lived in Austin, Texas in the early 80s, there was one Whole Foods, and it was down the street from where I lived. Right, and that was it. And then look what happened. All of a sudden, they become so successful. Amazon wants them. I'm not saying that's, what, but but that happens all the time in our in our country. And with that kind of model, is that yeah, no, it, it, what you're talking about a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think it's um, you know, I don't think MLS is a slam dunk in Detroit. Um, you know, just because again, the other teams, the newest team on the block was when the Fort Wayne Sprockets or whatever moved here in '57. Right. right. You know, like everyone is so culturally entrenched and. And frankly, the markets where MLS does well, it's either MLS isn't competing with the other four teams or a city like Atlanta where, you know, they had a whole new generation of people move into that city. Like, we're at best holding on to the people that have those long-time affinities. They're not new people to Detroit coming in looking for a team they can call their own. So, you know, I don't think MLS is, yeah, a slam dunk in that sense. I think, you know, when you look at global soccer, I think MLS looks at this like, you know, Jeep is on the front of the Juventus jersey. Yeah. 
like Ford is all over, you know, the Champions League. You know, Chevy up until like this week is on the front of the uh, Man U. So like Detroit ad dollars are spread out across the global game. And like I think MLS wants a piece of that pie. So I think Detroit will always be of interest. And I think if that happens, I think, you know, whatever comes ahead, like we just want to be in a position that like we have a shape of what that looks like. Well, when the commissioner calls you and you have that <laughs> conversation with him, why don't you say, hey, uh, what will it take for us to be in the league? Is it just is that a, just a pipe dream or is that something that could possibly happen? Yeah, I mean, that's not uh, I mean, you know, um, they really care about, you know, who's writing Money. who's writing now the $400 million check yeah. and who's paying that who's writing the other $350 million check for the stadium like that is all that drives their thinking and view of the world what well, didn't didn't you guys even have trouble starting this third tier league because most of the leagues needed to have at least someone with a net worth of so many million dollars in the ownership group and you're just you're a bunch of schmoes who somehow made this thing happen and no one's no one's made a million dollars out of it yet yeah i mean we are the uh, so uh, U.S. soccer, which sanctions professional soccer in this country, um, and they are sanctioned by FIFA. So, like, you're only allowed, each country's only allowed one federation. Um, so it's very different than, you know, there's no real federation for baseball or, you know, overseeing NFL or maybe Podcasting, yeah. Right, yeah. Thankfully. So, like, um, and so the, the, the thing is, with such a global sport, if you try to operate outside of that federation, your players are blackballed from playing in any other country that has a federation. So, like, you really do have to play by the rules. And U.S. soccer set up what's called the Professional League Standards. And so for us being a third division, one of the, you know, there's stadium requirements, like capacity and field width and, you know, very basic stuff. But the big one is um, you have to have an owner worth a certain net worth. And they just want to know that, like, if you falter, who's writing the check? Right. Whose pocket can they get into? (laughs) Right. And, you know, for us, for a third division, I mean, that's, we operate on the same level of the top third of second division teams, um, you know, but that system you have to pay into and your owner has to be a certain net worth. Um, you know, we ended up having a partner who, in the course of all the stuff, you know, like when he came on board, we actually never asked him his net worth. And then, you know, we asked like when this conversation was going on and he stepped up, he, he did have that minimum to get to us the third division, but it's not him bankrolling this. It's us. Our operating funds keep us going. Not yeah. So you can basically, if you screw up, you can you can bury this guy. They'll, <laughs> they'll come hounding him. No, I think we're. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we're all on the hook. But, but yeah. I mean, you, you did just you know you 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 buy the uh, the field house in Detroit. You have you go professional. You hire an international coach. You start the youth league. And then the main source of revenue, butts and seats, is taken away from you. And then you say, well, you know what? We need everybody to pony up a million dollars. Now, when you raised money before to renovate Keyworth, you were offering a pretty tasty 35% return on investment with no guarantee. But not only did you give everybody the 35% return, you gave it back sooner than you expected, which was pretty nice. Then you say, we need a million dollars. And by the way, we might just give you a piece of paper, a discount on some jerseys, and you got the million dollars and then some. So, I mean, the, the enthusiasm and the support for this, is it's pretty extraordinary. And it, it seems like before we get to the rich guy's wallet, the people who support the team are going to step up and, and keep you guys going. 
Yeah, I mean, it gets back to that sense of honor. Like, we have a monthly owner's call, and, you know. It was I, just the other day, right? Yeah, it was last I, night, I and we had a few hundred with people. With my big, fat five shares. <laughs> right, we well, there, few, there's the disclosure. I was finally. waiting for Jeez. it. I mean, I thought it was going to well, come. Well, let, let me just tell you, you know what the five shares entitles me to? I think my Next digital picture on a wall somewhere, and uh, and, and uh, I can dial into this call. So, But, but, but Sean, can you d- explain to our listeners just how unique this, this really is? You mentioned Atlanta with the MLS. I know Orlando's a little bit similar. Portland is obviously very successful, but that's a completely different model. There's not any place qu- quite like Detroit and, and, or any club like what you are anywhere else in the country, I, as far as I know. Not at that level. Yeah. I mean, no, right. Exactly. With with people that are willing to point I mean, out these guys this are kind traveling. They're flying to games. <clears throat> right. I mean, when you started, it was probably taking a church bus to Ann Arbor and beating but, the shit out of those. Uh, I mean, just before COVID, we had a, a game in Northern California, and we had 20 people who, like, flew out for that game. And that game was only announced, like, six weeks earlier, you know? Like, I mean, every game we've ever played, now with the launch of the women's team, we've at least had a dozen people make the trek. And, and now we're at the point where... You know, with the pro, the men's season, we started the spring season. We had a game on a Friday night in New York. Then Wednesday night we were in uh, L.A. And Saturday night we were in San Diego. And because Open Cup, the following Wednesday, we were supposed to be in El Paso. But that got canceled because of COVID. But, I mean, everywhere we went, there were fans who snuck into, like, closed-door, you know, matches to see it. And so, um, I mean, we do, you know, behind closed doors, you know, even publicly. But, like... Yeah, uh, MLS executives, USL executives have the utmost respect for DCFC. It is an outlier. It is. It's, it's really it's really impressive. You got people marching, and this has been going on for years now. At this point, they were marching to games back at Cast Tech. I mean, we so we launched the women's team last year, and uh, you know it was a very abbreviated. Um, you know, the ladies wanted to play, so we really just played like a four game mini season with the real proper launch this year. But the first goal scored at uh, at Keyworth. You know, um, it was the the gal scored it. She um, she posted a picture from 2012 when she was like 10 years old at Cast Tech holding oh, up wow. a DCFC scarf. That's and cool. Like, and for me, that was just like you know, full circle, emotional. Like you know, the impact this has had. And yeah, we're starting to get players now who you know on the men's side as well who are signing pro contracts who were there with their parents 10 years ago, and that's pretty amazing. Is there a salary cap or anything, or is, or is it like real soccer where you can just pay whatever you wanted to? I mean, the salary cap's like the economics of it. Yeah, you know, the guys you, are making, yeah. yeah, the guys are making tens of thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands of dollars sure. in there. And we house all of them downtown. Um, yeah, so I mean, for those guys in their mid-20s, like, it's not a bad living. Do the women get paid the same? Our women seems amateur. So it's basically oh, it starting okay. out where the men did like 10 years ago, and we're just building it up over time. That's been a big argument on the uh, U.S. You know, level, the women's team and the men's team, which we could spend hours arguing about. Yeah, I mean, We've I already think, argued about yeah, that. I think economically, like when you look at that $400 million paycheck or entry fee for MLS, mm-hmm. like the economic argument is, like, and you're already starting to see it, the NWSL starting to get cash infusion because like, people see a more of an upside or quicker return on that investment. And so I think in many ways the future is female. It's the beginning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a um, higher upside. Who, yeah. Like, who do, what entertainment dollar do you compete for in Detroit? Do you think, and how do you, how do you grow the team going forward? Yeah, that's a good question. So, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, before COVID, we did a fan survey. Uh, it was like seven hundred fifty fans, mix of uh, season ticket holders, single game ticket holders, uh, single game attendees. Eighty three percent of our fans said that they had actively recruited a friend or family member to come to a game. Like our fans are our marketing arm. So yeah. like, well, I mean, it's an event. Yeah, outside of the sport, it's an event. Even right. so, yeah. And 
and we've seen like half our fans, like not are they not soccer people, they're not necessarily sports people. Like, yeah, but that doesn't mean they don't care and get super involved sure. and they paint the TIFOs and, you know, they line up all the things that make the club run. So, you know, it, for us, it is an event, you know, and it's a party and it's affordable strows and, you know, it's a good time. And so, I, but over time, we certainly have been building up our chops on the soccer side um, where, yeah, now we have a dominant team that, you know, I could compete with anybody outside of MLS right now. And it, it's fun soccer. Like we win, you know, like, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, if you want to see a winning team, like... So how do you keep growing? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I keep, you've been Thanks again. killing it, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, you would think the ultimate, the top-tier MLS, but that just doesn't seem like an option. So how do you keep, you know, growing this to where you can, you know, make money, too? I mean, that, that's the key, is to make money. Or keep those business. other third-tier teams from picking off some of these other teams. I mean, like, there's got to be raids on whoever has the biggest gate. We want you with us. We'll make this inducement, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, we're at a point now where we're pulling up everyone around us and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a bit draining. So it's a, it's a difficult landscape. Um, you know, we had a TV, like uh, all of our matches are across statewide. You know, I think, you know, every year we're looking to take on a little bit more just to keep raising the profile of the club. Um, but yeah, and we're, you know, hoping the other teams in the league kind of step up because right now we're just dom- yeah. Not to jinx us right for the championship, but like we've been dominating everybody. We went almost 1,100 minutes without giving up a goal this spring. I should tell Mark and uh, and Mike that I'm going Saturday night for work. Oh, you're making it about you. No, no, no. It's not about me no, at all. I thought but- you were pulling an Elric thing. No, no, no. Here's what's different, though. This is the first time I have to actually credential like a legitimate online. They want my photo credential. That's never happened before. So that's how, you know, right? That's, that's, how, demand, much, that's yeah. how much is changing. Yeah, I mean, like it's serious. I can just walk up anymore and say hi, Alex or whomever, and and go sit where I want. Don't you know who I am? I'm Sean Windsor. Oh, this that's not the point. The point is, is that that's how official it is. Is you can't get in without a photo. Yeah, I mean, we are at the point where every game on the men's side is either on locally on TV twenty or it's nationally, internationally on the BN network. Um, And so, yeah, we're trying to be as accessible as possible. Now you just got to get Iggy to do a mini concert. Or Mike to show up. Always start around ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Easier said than done, man. I have been a season ticket holder for many years, Sean, but I haven't been able to make any of these games or be able to get out and play for East English Village in the Detroit City Football League that this all started with just because I went out there trying to meet as many people in District 4 as possible to find out what they would like to see the city do for them. I, I, I don't know what to say. I think that's... It's a losing battle. Yes, it, it, it's terrible to find out what people would like from their government. I agree with you, Sean. No, I mean in relation, in relation to the podcast, but that's okay. Remember when you said not to make this a campaign, Ann? No, whatever Mike thinks. No, I was talking to him. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, next week, Sean will be back in the pilot's chair. As, uh, no, uh, Mark was in the pilot's chair last week. I don't know how many times I have to say that. It was a team effort. You know, this is why the Tigers can't win. Lousy pitchers, lousy catchers. That's the way it goes. But here we go. Um, thanks, Al Evola. Uh, Sean Mann, tell us uh, one more time what time the game starts on Saturday where people can find out more about it. And I understand, uh, amazingly, but maybe it's just because it's early in the week, it's not sold out yet. So people And, and where people can watch if they can't make it down there. Uh, Channel yeah. 20 in the BN Network. Okay. or it's on, Yeah, it's on the BN Network um, nationally. And... Uh, 7.30 kickoff, uh, get the full experience, go to Foling at 6 o'clock, take the march. Um, yeah, all premium seating sold out, so just general mission at this point. But, 
come on down. It's a party. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a memorable night, to say the least. And can people get tickets online, or is it all at the gate? No, get it online before it sells out. So it'll be tickets.debtcityfc.com. Okay, tickets.debtcityfc.com, and you can start your evening at the Foling Warehouse there in Hamtramck. March over with the supporters. Get into Keyworth. Uh, you have a great time. All the seats have uh, perfect views. There's lots of uh, food trucks and other uh, merchandise and vendors there. And, of course, one of the things that you'll find uh, different from most sporting venues in Detroit is, number one, the team's already a champion and could be again soon. And the beer that is, is true. reasonably they are, priced. They are probably the best team in the respective, easily the best team in the respective Absolutely. leagues right now. Not We've talked close. about that before. Which yeah. which Detroit pro sports franchise is most likely to bring home a championship? And it's always DCFC. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> you know? point. And and now now Michigan State, since we're now paying our students, so I guess they're not professionals. <laughs> it's that's about time. Good thing we got rid of uh, uh, the great debate because we'd be here all day. On that. <laughs> oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Hey, uh, we like things easy, don't we? Things to be simple, uncomplicated, like Lady Jane's haircuts for men. You can walk in. Sign in, sit down, and before you know it, you're just beautiful and handsome and clean and you look great. It's Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men. It's very simple. Go online, uh, ladyjanes.com, find the location nearest to you. And when you go there, tell me your new customer and check in, and you'll know what button to hit to uh, let them know who sent you there. That sounds good. And, and Sean, man, thanks for coming. You, you look a little shaggy. Maybe we should send you over to, to Lady Jane's. I hear it's simple. It's simple. Okay. I can use a cleanup as a champion. Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you, you know, go, yeah. For the, for the award ceremony, when you're on ESPN, the, uh, what is the, the DC Nueve, whatever they're doing <laughs> that on. So, uh, yeah. And that BN network, that is, is that BN.com or is it, is it on cable systems? Or? Yeah, it yeah, is. BN, B-E-I-N. Uh, it's where La Liga broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so. okay. So, so Mark Fellhauer and you are the two guys. That no, yeah. Know that one. Sorry. Okay. Radio for, radio for two. Okay, great. Uh, well, our Geek of the Week, uh, you know, I thought about after, after having some time for quiet reflection and, uh, and a little time away from the, uh, from the host chair and, and uh, listening to people and spending some time out on the kayak, which is always a spiritual thing for me. Um, there's a little cove where I can just go in there and just sort of drift a little bit and throw petals every in once water. in a while drop an orange just to keep moving from floating back out on the big body water and i i had an opportunity to examine who i am and 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 what makes me sounds very profound yeah it was it was it was uh it was the <laughs> hand of god touching me and i thought to myself this whole geek of the week thing boy this really this feels like uh feels like a small thing to do it feels like it feels like being cruel to people who maybe already and then i talking about then i thought about it and i decided no that's what sean would have done so shoreline junior high school in utah you are a geek of the week you know why because there's a 14 year old girl who spent the whole year working as a team manager for the cheer team and you took two pictures of the cheer team she was there in her uniform looking fantastic you took one picture of the team with her and one picture of the team without her. And when that yearbook came out and, uh, and this young woman grabbed it because she was very eager to see herself with her friends, with, with the classmates, with the teammates, with the people she had helped succeed and 
put so much of her own spirit into, she found out they used the picture without her. Now, why? Uh, that's a good question. Like a lot of people who do things they shouldn't have done, um, the school district was not eager to talk about this. Uh, at some point, they had said that this was a mistake and, uh, and didn't really talk too much more about it. But here's the thing. Uh, Geek of the Week is just something, it's a title that you only hold for one week. It actually, uh, it's not like one of these NISL titles where you can hold it for, for three months and then you have to play the team you beat the shit out of like six more times. Um, this is something that you can, a title that you can relinquish. And so... Uh, our uh, our young intrepid um, team manager is going to be back next year. She is going to help out with the team next year, and she's going to be in the team picture next year. So whether this was a mistake or not, when that yearbook at Shoreline Junior High comes out next year, or perhaps she moves up to the high school, whatever it is, we expect her to be featured in there prominently. If not, Shoreline Junior High School, you will once again despite everyone's concern that we may be picking on people who really deserve to get a kick. Mark, Mark's, the look on Mark's, the yeah, I'm with you, Mark. I'm completely confused. Well, he, he didn't mention why. I, I looked it up, and it infuriates me for many reasons. But the reason I, I assume she was kept out in the, the second picture is she has Down syndrome. I said that. Did I, you say that? Yeah. No. It, didn't you I? Didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. You did she, not say that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, you know, unlike That's Sean. Outrageous. Unlike Sean, I don't want to ascribe motives to people, but yes, this young woman—this young woman, on me. This young woman has, uh, Make has me cover for Down your syndrome. Omission. So uh, it's bullshit. So yeah, and who made that? Dec- I want to know who made that decision. I want their face to be in the paper, front and center. So you want them to be Geek of the Week? Oh, a hundred percent. Infuriates. Wait a minute. I thought this show got kinder and gentler while I was gone. Fuck. Who no, said not that? With stuff like this. Who man. said that? It just got soft. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah, so Shoreline Junior High, we, do we have a consensus here except for Sean because this is mean yes. that they're the Geek of the Week? Yes. Okay, that's it. You lose, Sean. So given the experience we've all endured for the last several days with the flooding, I'm here to give you a little good news. And that good news is that while you dry that house out, you can spend a lot less money on it. You can go to Hall Financial and still take advantage of one of these great deals to uh, to refinance uh, to get a loan in the first place, rates still 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 down there. They may be creeping up, so you don't want to you don't want to sleep on this one. Do not wait. But if you go to Hall Financial, they will save you money. First of all, when you refinance, you save money on the first couple payments because there's a there's a lag as the paperwork goes through, and then every month after that, with that lower rate in the twos, still, let's see what they can do there at Hall Financial. They're they're miracle workers. You will save money every single month in the life of your loan. So if you want to take advantage of this deal before it's gone, go to our website, mlsolvedetroit.com, click on the link to Hall Financial, or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. And to make sure you get the best deal, ask for Dan Morrison. And you tell him, hey, ML said to ask for you, Dan Morrison. So don't let me down, brother. NMLS 1467435. So with all the flooding... 
And given how popular uh, the talking heads are, I thought this week we'd do <laughs> Take Me to the Water. But no, New Wave Dave has a better suggestion. He says let's do Midnight Oil with King of the Mountain. Walking through the high dry grass Pushing my way through slow Yellow belly black snake Sleeping on a red rock Waiting for the stranger to go Sugar train stops at the crossing Cape Cock is casting below Bad stuff coming Better run to the top of the mountain Well, since we're all agreed that was a great new wave tune, we'll get to the next segment. That was actually a really good song. It reminded me a little bit of the Smithereens, who are from New York. Oh, that's a uh, good, New yeah. Jersey, actually. Yeah. Go ahead. That's a okay. good, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe so. But yeah, exactly. But they're Americans, so we would never listen to them. 
Wait, wait, what happened to dyspeptic Sean, who a minute ago was losing his mind if because it's Australia, it wasn't a talking heads? If it's Australia, <laughs> then yeah, that's okay. You know, if it's anywhere but America. Uh, we did have the B-52s on. Once. A little while ago. Most of your choices are... Uh, we have had Blondie on. Are English. You're an Anglo-Irish. I think you're we, all, an we had Anglo R.E.M. on, and file. I think that was... Or as Mark would say, you're an anglo philator. <laughs> well, they're actually from Australia, so I don't know how that fits into it. Well, no, I'm just saying, that's one out of how many, Mark, how long have we been doing this godforsaken uh, podcast? Uh, he, well, he mentioned one or two. but We've had Canadian New Wave on sure, here. Sure, exactly. Everybody We've bought... had Detroit New Wave what? on here. What about oh, the I, I U.S. of A? Yeah, right. I think Detroit is in the U.S. of A. Actually. No, but you, Detroit has a certain kind of cachet, so that's okay for you, which it does. It's a it's a great place, very cool place. So let me get this straight. You hate Australia. You I, hate England. I love Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's. I was, was watching Line of Duty way too late in the night last night. It's a British <laughs> show for you. There you go. <laughs> From what year? Line of Duty. Uh, 18, 2018. If you don't mind me that's saying so, your know. logic is up as a pile of duty. That's a, a Detroit-produced show. Look, okay, let's just say this, Mark, because we, we missed you last week. It wasn't the same without you. And we're glad it definitely was not the same. And we're glad you're back. Do you feel better now? Uh, actually, I felt better last week. but Because you, you, want, you, <laughs> you wanted, here. That's, you was, wanted to be wonderful. missed. No, no, no. And we did miss you. It was, um, I mean, I was just kind of over here looking for sump pumps. Mark was the one over there with the infrastructure. <laughs> but somehow we didn't have the, you know, the what? Uh, interesting content. Exactly. <laughs> the, I was going to say the essence of the show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, sorry, yeah it sorry, does yeah. have your name on it. So yeah, I yeah. know. But but uh, I wear your t-shirts around. And... Do you feel better now? Yeah. Um, I'll go get you a razor. What are you looking for? So I, I'm trying to find one of the things I, I love about um, Midnight Oil, besides the fact that they are a very political band, which is sort of the essence of New Wave. Is um, <laughs> they also have one of the greatest acoustic riffs in all of New Wave. And I, I, I can hear it in my head, but I can't remember the name. You can hear it on your phone, too. No, this is... The song we just played. Yeah, I know. It's not, it's Why are you getting, playing it It's again? like mixed minus. I'm not playing it. You're not? Am I playing it? Who's playing it? I don't think I'm playing it. Maybe I was playing it. <laughs> anyway, um, I was... Uh, <laughs> I was just searching for it's great American new wave bands, and, and Midnight Oil came right up. <laughs> but um, but no, Midnight Oil, great band, one of the most interesting front men of all times. Uh, dude was a lawyer who became a member of parliament, who also looked like the guy from The Hills Have Eyes. So uh, he's a weird looking dude. So well done. I like that song. That's a cool song. I don't have a problem with it. I don't know if it's new wave, but it'll work. If you say it's new wave, it's new wave. Uh, so to, to help me out uh, next week, if we could, if somebody could suggest an American new wave band, yeah, uh, even that, we, that no one knows, even though we've no, no, it doesn't have to be one. Okay, no that, one or that's a deep cut of a, a song no one knows, not a band, it right? Could, it could be. Isn't a, that what you want for it? No, the idea is so. Listen, listen, listen. listen. There's <laughs> lots of places you can go to get oatmeal. There's lots of places you can My go house. to get uh, to I made get Irish oatmeal to last get week. white toast. <laughs> Still but there's only us. one place you can go to hear new wave music that maybe you've never heard before with a little bit of a story behind it, or to go to one of those bands you thought you knew so well and say, oh my God, I've listened to them for 20 or 30 years, but I didn't know this was their tune. I love this tune. For example, uh, because of my fascination with Duran Duran, it turned me on to Japan, and now I listen to Japan mm. more than I listen to 
Duran Duran, if that's possible. And happy birthday to John Taylor, who <laughs> birthday last week. But um, one of the greatest bases. You, of you all listen time. to Duran Duran before or after you pat yourself on the back? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm patting John Taylor on the back. Okay. But um, uh, so Mark, so, yes. Mark. So if you got some good, he's shit, on a roll. Just let him go. How about that? Okay. okay. And uh, in the meantime, overreaction is not the strategy for a long-term investor. I don't know what that has to do with anything. But you need don't uh, overreact to new wave music. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, you got to have your money grow. And one of the guys who can help your money grow is Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well, two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. He's the guy that provides rational financial advice. What do you put your money in? Equities, bonds, what number? What do these numbers mean? 401k, 529. Get the right investments. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Because he'll make it all about uh, new wave music from America, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Luke Nowacki. One of two Red Shovel Network-wide sponsors along with David Hall Financial. So when you call David Hall or when you call Luke, please make sure that they know you heard about him from this particular show because... Yeah, what kind of parochial? That's the way it goes. Um, so I am. You're not. <laughs> we, we want to. We want to thank uh, our donors. Uh, as you may recall, this month we are taking donations to the show and giving them to Crossroads, which is a uh, a, a nonprofit that helps families in need in Detroit. Been doing it for a long time. They have two locations in the city. Uh, and not only will we turn our donations over to Crossroads, but I will personally match each one of those donations. This comes out of one of our Geek of the Week segments where uh, some jackass paid his final child support payment in pennies and the family took that money and gave it to a shelter in their town. So they've inspired us, and we are hopeful that we have inspired you as well. Although one of our donations comes from William Who Writes of last week's show, Best Show Ever, Talking Heads and No ML. (laughs) We're still going to match your donation. It's very mean. Both pots of money over to Crossroads. That's, that's heartbreaking. Billy boy. Uh, Kristen, who always supports this show, dug even deeper to support Crossroads, who writes, keep up the great work, even though there is no room in 7609 for NXS. I still love you. So <laughs> They're I, too popular. I don't know if she's saying she doesn't want it. Actually, I love NXS, also Australian. And one of my favorite NXS tunes of all time is Original Sin. But I've worried that it's too popular to play in Room 7. Don't worry about it. People yeah. like popular music. That's yeah. why the same songs are played and all the time They can get that anywhere. We're trying to give people something different. So maybe we'll do... As uh, opposed to something enjoyable. Maybe we'll do something. Well... <laughs> I love it when Mark toots out of his nose. I like um, it when you needle him. Brian sent some money with no note, but the money's going to be matched and sent Good. to Crossroots. And Anne sent a sawbuck because she gets it, writing simply, for Crossroads of Detroit, smiley face emoji. Beautiful. She didn't write smiley face emojis. Uh, Detroit.com. There's a little donate button if anybody else wants to donate. We'll so send you it have, on a crossroads. Yep. Every every donation made before our next show, we will send a crossroads yeah. and we will match. So and thank yeah. you. It'll take money out of ML's pocket if you donate this week. So that's that's incentive. Yes. Yeah, no? If the flooding wasn't going to turn my pockets outside. In. Uh, yeah, no. Hey, this is a good cause. We're happy to support it and we're happy to uh, ta- let the geeks... Uh, make something good happen. So thank you for helping us do that. Um, the way you can put some money into our pockets is buy all our super groovy merchandise, which you can find at Mr. Mark. 
Uh, DrewMikeStore.com. There's so much good stuff there. We don't simple. have time to list mm-hmm. it all. Um, feedback. Uh, last week, they didn't have a lot of great feedback. About last week's show or last week when we did the show? No, there wasn't a lot of feedback in last week's show from our listeners. So we're going we're gonna to catch up. Okay. With, uh, with, I was going to say, I don't think we did any feedback. No, I know. That's what I mean. So we got some catch up doing this as we listen to the... Was that one of your complaints the sweet about stylings. Sonic sensation? The styling. Was that one of your complaints about the Sean Windsor led show last week? Is that he didn't do any feedback? That was one of many complaints. I did not leave the show. That was that was that was point number. Leave the show. That was point number eight. Review and if necessary, look at me. I'm looking at listener feedback. Look at me. You can see me in a monitor. Does that guy look like he can lead a show? Of course not. (laughs) Show to a clip. I thought it was great. Guy can barely get here. It was a a very good show. What can you say? It was very enjoyable. It made me feel like uh, like I should take more time off. No, no. Or do more campaigning. (laughs) Wasn't the same without you. Um, Schaefer felt. He was in a safe place. He was okay to come up. Even though he did misstate the origin of the Manugan Mansion investigation. I did not believe in the rumor. Oh. In fact, I never believed in the rumor. And there were some people who were pushing the rumor when I didn't, inve- when I didn't report on it or they didn't feel I was doing my work uh, digging into it because I'd already dug into it and found out it was bullshit. They went to some other reporters. Those other reporters went to some bosses, and because they were all older than me, they applied some pressure on me to get into it, and they still didn't trust me to get to the bottom. So they put this Schaefer fellow with me, and uh, and we did find a bunch of other stuff. Did he say that didn't he I believed? Predict, didn't I predict last week that a lot of today's show would be about yeah. him correcting last week's show? Uh, you did. You did. Well, the truth matters. But did he say, did Jim actually say you believed in the rumor? Yeah, he said I had this great tip and I brought it and we investigated. I but like, that's no, not I the same as saying you you believed in it, is it? I did not bring the tip to the free press. I investigated it. I found yeah, it to be unfounded. And then the free press it came to me said. and said, get your ass back out there and take this bag of dirt with you. That's okay. how it happened. Any yeah, other not feedback? Not Jim's yeah. a bag of dirt. I could use a bag oh, of dirt. Okay, right what's now. the feedback here before we completely relitigate last week's show? So I'm just enjoying Buzz Me Mellow. Well, it's almost done because... Because uh, you guys were ranting. You had to Come on, brother. Me. Someone needs to say it. Twitter handle at LaDuff's Cadillac writes, That show is great. Elric is going to have to prove why you guys should let him back on. Hey, that's mean. That's not nice at all. Hey, hey. It's a, a team effort. Uh, Kyle opines, ML, while my emails have become less frequent, my love for the show has only grown. But as you told your tale of a broken down car, I thought he gets it. He is finally doing it. ML is going to use his flu stance for life and personal reasons to define himself as a regal man. Get your finest polyester suit, your most dapper monocle, and a picture of you sunglasses on getting out of a cherry Buick Regal and have it state the following. A regal man for regal city. ML doesn't live a fast-paced life, so you can. Faith in the public servant is restored. Feel free to use this idea for your next literature drop. I think you should now. I think I'm going to pass on that, but I did, I did drive a Cutlass, which was the Oldsmobile version of the Regal, and the Regal was Bloop. a Regal vehicle. Finish the feedback. But here's the reason why Kyle is pushing the Regal so hard. He's from Flint, which was Buick City. He says uh, the city of Flint has at least one person who would vote for you should your district expand North. So, thank you, Kyle. It'd be a large district. And Steve sent this a couple weeks ago, but Sean somehow missed it. 
Hi, Mike. Since you called Sean a reptile a couple weeks ago, maybe you could play Swamp Thing by the Chameleons, but unfortunately they're an English band, or Reptile by the Church, who unfortunately are an Australian band. Also, I really think you need your own Room 7609 music station, or at least dedicated podcast. Well, to that point, there is a playlist on Spotify, ML Solar Detroit. I haven't updated it uh, in quite some time, but I will uh, get on that and put all the songs that we've played from 7609 on there. That's really nice. A couple of thoughts. Uh, one, thanks for calling me a reptile. That sounded very dismissive, by the way. I don't remember I don't calling you reptile. I'm sure that was taken out of context. Yeah, well, I do breathe through my eyes. Two. <laughs> what? That's why he's so popular I'm like with a, the ladies. I just wanted to drop some reptile knowledge. I'm a rep- That's no knowledge. I'm just a reptile off the men in black movies. The um, uh, Oh, the church. That was my other selection. I, I told him that before the show. I vetoed it because I like the talking heads, and he got really mad. Okay. I actually love, but I was going to play a popular song by the church, right? Because yeah, that's pretty popular. Yeah, it is. It is. But their their biggest hit was the uh, under the what? under the Milky Way tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a, actually a great song, but Mark, it was a little too melodic for Mark or something. Yeah, yeah. Also, I just uh, the, like the other one more. The church. We have played Marty Wilson Piper, who was the guitar player for the church, and he plays one of the sweetest twelve string guitars in new wave music. See, we do have some things in common. We have a lot in common. So um, I can't grow a beard either. Um, and that, that eye-breathing thing, don't, don't drag me into that. Um, so anyways, uh, the church, by the way, is one of the bands playing on this uh, big um, festival in, in uh, California next May that's headlined by Morrissey. And it's some amazing bands playing in that. So if anybody wants to send us two tickets to that, it's next May. We'd, we'd love to go. Um, the rundown is up. Overfilled, overflowed. <laughs> Sorry. On so, the uh, the show. yeah, exactly. So, I, I think that's pretty much it. If you love Buzz Me Mellow, uh, Matt Prokop, who wrote that for the show, commissioned it uh, with Max for our 100th episode. We'll be playing on Wednesday night, June 30th, so really tomorrow, uh, at a fundraiser at the Traffic Jam to support my campaign for Detroit City Council. You can find out more about that at ml4detroit.com. You can follow me and the campaign on social media at ml4detroit on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, you can find out about this show by going to my Facebook page, ML No Periods Elric, where you can also see the Facebook Live broadcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Elric, where you'll find out about this show and just about every other cool thing going on in this hemisphere, which mm-hmm. does not include Australia. Well, so you welcome may miss back. Some really good. I'm glad you're back. Music. It feels to be back. It feels like I'm, it feels? I'm here. I, <laughs> I would let the listener. I'm glad you're back too. Put in their adjective, whatever they think is most appropriate. Um, and uh, Sean. Thrilled. Sean, what, what, what are you up to? Oh, uh, what am I up to? Oh, soccer, Saturday night. Yeah. Keyworth, there you go. PGA, golf. You Sunday. had a nice uh, Sunday. In nice Detroit. article on um, uh, Kate Cunningham. Oh, I wrote about the lottery, yeah. Which I think is a can't-miss NBA prospect. So, yeah, so we, soccer. We argued about that before the show. Yes, we did. Golf, I have to. PGA's in Detroit. That's kind of a cool thing. Go on. I know, but when you read the I like golf, golf story but. out loud to yourself before you file it, do you do fall you asleep? Do you whisper? I fall asleep. Yeah. Do a lot of people read uh, golf in not, the paper? Not really. I mean, I, I mean, don't mind watching on TV. That's just not one that I yeah, would follow no, on paper. We we, we, we don't. And, and then I, don't think um, I, I think that's because it's an individual sport as opposed to team sports. You just have more uh, drama. What else? Uh, I'm going to write about the name, image, and likeness, which is about to take about effect time. into yep. a couple of states. 
that's where college yeah. students can profit and do endorsements. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, and maybe some other stuff. Who knows? Maybe some more golf. I don't know. It, it is a big deal that Detroit has a PGA tournament. So that's it is a big deal. That's yeah. cool. I didn't mean to belittle it. No, that that's kind of cool. But it's just uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. It is. And is that at the Detroit Golf Club? It is. Off nice. of, it's a good event. It's a yeah. little bit not too far off Woodward. I think Jerome Bettis lives on the Detroit Golf Club. Blue. Does he? Mm. The bus. Nice. How do you know that? Nice. Why do you know that? Why'd you just dox him? I didn't say which hole he lives off of. I think I said he lives near it. Okay. All right. I think the bus can handle himself. Yeah. So um So yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's all you got? Yeah. So, all right. Mark, th- what, what, think... what do you have to? Me? That's right. Does he not want to go home? Just is, being in this on? basement, man. What's going on? I guess not. Okay. No, why, why would he want to go home? He has to clean out his flood. Oh, yeah, I am blame sorry. you. I would stay here, that too. That is terrible. I'm putting it off as long as I can. I, I, I do want to say um, from last week's show, a special thanks to Mark Fellhauer, who reached out to see if I need any help. Jim Schaefer, who reached out to see if I need any help. <laughs> Uh, Matt Jennings, who said, hey, I got some jokes for you. And I said, I don't need any help. Zooves, did he reach out? Uh, uh, Zooves no, did. Yeah, he did. Zooves kind of did, proxy. but it was it was like Wonder Twins. He said, like, form of an ice sled to come over here. He was just waiting for somebody to be. Are you saying Sean Windsor did not offer to lend a helping hand? I didn't know he was in trouble. I didn't know, I didn't know he had flooded until uh, my wife told me because she's on social media. And I guess she posted a picture. That's at Elric on Twitter. <laughs> ML no periods Elric. I, did on you tweet Facebook. it though? I didn't see. I, I'm on Twitter. I'm just. I don't do Facebook. So I may have just put something up like "Oh, the humanity" or something. Oh, that's well, that sucks. I do, I legitimately I'm, feel bad for. I it. do too. Sorry, having, having gone through that. Sorry, I didn't see it sooner. I did see Kathy Kay's car floating in the street though. Was this five so hour? You, you, uh, five hours of show a nice break. Well, she's on Instagram, and it was just a really haunting picture. What does she know about photography? Wow. Was this a nice break from all that misery? No, not at all. This has compounded my misery. Okay. Sorry. This is, this is like a, this is like being rescued from a POW camp and then uh, and then uh, forced to listen to uh, Don't compare Charlie the Duff, No BS <laughs> News Hour, or the Drew and Mike podcast, which are also <laughs> available here on the Red Shovel Network. So we encourage you to listen to those shows so you can learn something about how podcasting should be done. And now we will just find solace in the comfort of our friend Cyrus, who will take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? ML Howard, Sean Windsor, Mark Fellower, and Christy Brinkley. Well... Are you going to go for it? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Take you for a ride. This summer, when you think vacation, think Soul of Detroit's Vacation. Better check under the hood. 